Welcome to this edition of the Church Builder Podcast. So glad that you're listening with us today. I hope you're doing well and blessings upon your life. And also have a special guest with me that I am so excited to have again with us. Pastor Dino Rizzo is the Executive Director of ARC, Association of Related Churches, and also a part of the Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama with Pastor Chris Hodges. And Dino, it's good to have you back on a second edition of the Church Builder Podcast. Oh, thank you, Pastor Dell. It's always an honor to be with you and talk to the to the audience and just you love your church, love you and your family. It's an honor to have a chat. Well, I want to talk today. Last time we were together, we talked about your Servolution and Serve Day. And again, for those that missed that uh, that episode, make sure you go back and catch the episode with Dino where we talked about the, the value of Servolution Serve Day and just uh, check out his resources at serveday.com. But I'm going to turn the corner today, Dino, a little bit. I want to talk to you about something that I've always admired about you is your incredible leadership instincts, uh, your incredible leadership skills and set of skills that I'm sure you've grown over the years. And let's talk a little bit today about what it means to be a spiritual leader in the body of Christ. That'd be okay? Uh, yes, sir. All right. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I think it's, we, we've often understood in pastoral ministry how valuable and important it is to obviously uh, know the Bible and be able to understand theology at some level and, and to have a clear, basic relationship, a solid relationship with God, basic understanding of God's word and how to communicate that. But there are a lot of people that maybe have that element in their journey and their, their spiritual leadership side of their ministry, but they haven't learned maybe some skills in terms of actually leading people and leading organizations. Why is the just the basic leadership side of spiritual leadership so important? Well, the, I mean, the spiritual side, it's all spiritual leadership. If you're working with people from just a natural mindset, especially in what we do, it, it's just not going to work. There's so many things that it's almost like you're only dealing with one side of the curtain mm. if you don't pull the curtain back and understand the spiritual dynamics along with leadership skills. I'm not sure we'll ever really be able to lead people to live the life that God intended them to truly live. So true. Over the years, obviously, you've been a senior pastor, you've run organizations, you've had impact in lots of different ways, working with lots of groups over the, over the years in your ministry. What are some of the key leadership lessons that you feel like that you have learned along the way that, that have made a huge difference in being successful or fruitful in ministry responsibilities? Yeah, well, uh, a lot of them you learn through mistakes. Yes, we you do. Learn from what not to do. Exactly. Share OMG blunders. How did I say that? Why did I come to that conclusion? Why didn't I, I pause or discover mm-hmm. or listen better to, to come to a better, you know, idea? And so, uh, so much of it happens through that. But uh, I'm a little bit more of an intuitive leader. Okay. I've always studied people. I study humanity. I try to study reactions and responses and why people say, do, react. And yeah. So often I think you realize that this is really not that, mm-hmm. that because of shame or things that have happened when they're young or right. pain that they've gone through, what you're dealing with is really not what you're dealing with. There's a little bit of two of me and everybody. Mm. There's two of us going on. And so I think being older now and realizing that has been a big, I learned a lot of that from my dad was a hard worker. But then when I was born, he opened up these stores in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, we sold shark's teeth and okay. airbrush t-shirts and mood rings and puka shells and so. Oh, you were in the mood ring business, huh? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're about to sell some mood rings, man. I'm, I'm about to put some puka shells on your neck. And, <laughs> that that uh, will be the day, right? So. Yeah, yeah, you look good with those. Patterns. All right. And, uh, and so 
he, I, he put me at a counter at 12 years old. And so you begin to work with people. Right. And I, I started understanding sales and influence and, and how to work with people that were not happy and how to, how to do customer service, just the basics of leadership skills of customer service. Yeah. All of that, I think, has lent so much to the leadership that, that I've tried to you know, display or, or lead with, influence with along with being around some great leaders. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been very fortunate to be around great men like yourself and others. So you watch, I'm a watcher. I'm a, I'm a noticer. I'm a watch how someone handles themselves in a meeting or how they respond or what they say. I think that's where I've learned a lot from. You know, when I think about leadership, leading is taking people somewhere. That's what the idea is. And oftentimes taking people where they don't necessarily know that they need to go or sometimes even where they don't even want to go, but you're trying to lead them forward. So talk about the role of casting vision. What have you learned about that over the years? What have you learned about maybe navigating change and helping people to navigate change in the spiritual journey, their own individual lives, as well as organizations leading the church? Yeah, casting vision is huge. I think there were times that I had to learn that. I remember probably a hundred years ago, I read a book about how to cast vision. And, you know, I realized, man, I didn't know how to do that. Right. And there's still time you're like, okay, you know, do I understand it enough to, to get other people to really, because a lot of times you're operating in faith and trust and, and nothing but vision. Right. It's just, you have an idea. You have this, I feel like God, I sense God, I yeah. think God is saying for us to open up a campus or to start a food pantry or give advice to someone about, you know, maybe it's your son or, or, or someone on the team about they want to leave or do this and that. Right. You're trying to speak to it. And, you know, so that's always been something that it's not easy. For some people, it is easy. For other people, it's not easy. I can tell a story well. I can inspire people well. But being able to, to explain something that others don't see, but yet I see it. Mm. I can remember we were building a building uh, in Baton Rouge on Pastor Healing Place. And I just had this vision of that building up on a hill. And sometimes it took me a little while to explain that to people. Yeah. But God began to help me to learn how to unpack the wording, connecting with people, connecting with people at the point of their need, yeah. realizing that everyone has a different felt need. Right. Am I telling the story well? Am I connecting with the different leadership gifts that are in the room, being self-aware, mm. being others aware. I think awareness is huge. That's great. You know. Talk about self- I, I've been around yeah. leaders that, that are not aware. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the symptoms of that? How do you know that? You're just very me-centered. You're like, it's all about me. It's all right. about what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking. You're, you just don't read a room well. You don't know the different types of personalities or the things that make people feel alive or the things that people are interested. You're not aware of someone's pain or suffering or right. triggers or their buttons. Yeah. And you just are so self-absorbed that you just don't have a lot of self-awareness, which mm. is just not a good thing today. You, you see it a lot on social media. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, did you ever read this before you posted it? Right. <laughs> because it sounds very self-serving. But anyway, that. That's for another podcast. Yeah, well, I don't know. We might want to go there today. That's a good one. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this whole idea of casting vision. You're right, because I've felt that myself so many times that I can I can kind of see something myself, but I'm not quite sure how to articulate it. But I have, I've 
kind of been discovering over through the years, I can this is a continual journey for me, is to the important thing is people need to feel that they can be a part of something that's going to make a difference in the world and and, yeah. and it's not just that we have a need for you to help us do this. That's that's the wrong way to go about it. God has a desire to be a part of accomplishing something that makes a difference. So let's talk about turning that corner from maybe getting people to in leadership role to getting them to move beyond thinking that we're wanting them to help us do something versus to give them an opportunity of being a part of something is great. That's good, Pastor. And, and I think it's, it's almost hard to do it if you don't believe it in your heart. Yeah, that's you true. really don't believe that this will make a difference in their life. It'll help good. their family. It'll benefit them. Yes. It'll bring a plus into their life. I, I, I remember when I was in high school, there was a guy that was real cool. and He was cooler than everybody else. And he really carried himself cool. So we had a big dance and he got out there on the dance floor and he started dancing alone. (laughs) And it was so weird. (laughs) And all of his cool points, he was a good football player, good at bigger than everybody else, but he couldn't dance. (laughs) He couldn't dance with it. He could not dance. And he danced alone, which was weird. (laughs) And we we all got weirded out. The whole thing was weird. It didn't feel right. We all just ignored him and he was over. I mean, he he was cast into... (laughs) <laughs> weird world for the rest of his, his senior year. And, you know, uh, casting vision and leading, you're reaching out your hand to people. You're saying, hey, take me by the hand and, and let's do this thing together. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's move to the rhythm of God, to the rhythm of his plan for our lives, his plan for others. And, and we just want to get in sync and move together. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not they're watching you dance. You're really trying to get them to move toward making a difference and move towards, I know you're in pain. I know you're in a storm. But if you can look to others and if you can realize that the finances that you have can be a blessing to someone else and the, the talent and the personality and the way God wired you, if you give that away to others, you will find fulfillment. I think if you start Moving to the rhythm of that as a leader, yeah, I think things change. I really think you move the ball down the field quicker. Yeah, because of painting the picture in such a way that it's not about come help me do what I'm wanting to do and be a part of my vision. No, it's now let's do this together. Let's get on the dance floor together and see what can happen here and move forward. It's not really about me. It's really about you. And really, even in anything that we do in relationship, God's commandments really aren't about God. They're about us, uh, moving us forward in our lives. And so I think it's such a valuable thing. Let's talk for a few moments, Dino. A lot of young leaders, you work with them all the time in the in ARC and church planters and uh, campus pastors and leads that are learning how to lead for the first time. And what would be some of the things that you would say would be important for a young spiritual leader to begin to learn and to get really deeply ingrained into the DNA of their spiritual soul? We spend a lot of time with leaders, you and I. I mean, in the art world, all these guys playing churches. And I love when you get to be a little older, you're asking, what would you tell your younger self? And, yeah. you know, that's a good question. Or, or I'm on a lot of panels now. I feel like I'm on the panel circuit. <laughs> get to be panel-like. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hashtag panel strong. And that question is always front and center yeah. of what do we need to teach? Because I think that's one of the responsibilities as a leader is to exchange some value to the younger leaders. And sure. I have a little thing I say. I don't, it feels like a cliche, but it's not. I feel like prayer, you better be in touch with your soul and your spirit. Yeah, yeah. And you you can't out, um, it, 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 you, nothing replaces prayer and devotion. Nothing, yeah. not a thing, not a thing, not a thing. You can't lead without it. You can't cast vision without it. You can't coordinate without it. You can't direct without. 
not in what we do. You got to keep your prayer and your devotional life intact, or there will be a great deficit somewhere. Right. It's just going to happen. Right. The other thing is people, uh, I tell leaders all the time, remember you're called to love the people, love the people. Yes. You preach to them. Yes. You, you guide them, you coordinate, you create systems and cultures and team and hospitable, but that's got to all come to me from a place of, do you love people, love people? And then the other thing I would say is priorities. You got to keep your priorities straight. The ones who bear your last name need to know that you love them the most and that they matter the most. And then you've got to keep your priorities as a leader. You got to know how to spend your time and how to spend your energy and how to spend your morning and how to spend your day and your week. And you got to know Easter's around the corner. Right. And when there's a time to talk about generosity, how do you manage your calendar as it relates to givers and, you know, volunteers and we're getting ready to launch a second campus or we're going to get ready to believe God, we're going to break 200 in attendance in the fall. So I got to get ahead of that. I got to think about what I need to do today that impacts my tomorrow. So those priorities, it's, I think those are things that never go away. Yeah. They're always prayer, people, and priorities. Yeah, I often tell folks that I'm talking to about this topic, I always say, you know, if you're going to be a spiritual leader, the first thing you must be is spiritual. You can't be a spiritual leader if you don't have some spirituality to you. And so, and, and that's an ongoing, that comes and goes throughout life when our priorities are pressing yeah. on us in different ways. I tell you what, another thing, I'd like to hear your comments on, Dino, if you don't mind. We live in a world, obviously, today that's very different. Social media, you know, we got Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and Lord knows whatever else is out there with all of our highlight reels kind of coming up day after day that people are looking at. And I find that a lot of young spiritual leaders are bound by a spirit of competition or a spirit of comparison. Do you see that often? And if you do, how do you address that issue? Because competition or comparison is a, is really, a, both of those are dead in streets to us emotionally and spiritually, are they not? Yeah, you're right. It's To me, it's the new poison of the, the church is the competition and the the eye candy of hmm. social media where you, you see someone doing something, having something, uh, possessing something, experiencing something that you're not, and you can look at it and want it. So it can then all of a sudden it jacks up your spirit, your soul, and what you have. It's like, you know, I don't get to appreciate what I have because I'm looking at what everybody else has. Yes. And, you know, so I don't, I don't like my middle school. I don't like my youth pastor. I don't like, we only have three people saved. I don't like this and that. So you got to be careful of that because I think that's just something the enemy can really mess you up over. And I think there are certain people that are called to a wider audience. It doesn't mean anyone's better or worse. It doesn't mean anyone's born for. I think there are people that just have a voice. I think a Stephen Burdick has a voice. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, there are guys like a Jeremy Foster who have a voice. But I think there are other people who assume they have a voice like that. And so I think you got to be careful your voice. And I've always felt like social media is about the people. It's about the church. It's about others. It's about noticing and highlighting others. I don't think it's really about highlighting, promoting me. I've never, I try not to use social media like that. It is a pull. I try to make it about the body of Christ or the local church, the people. So I think you got to figure out what you're supposed to do with it and be faithful. And uh, it is the tension that you'll forever deal with and um, probably having other people in your world that help you before you push sin is pretty important. I don't push sin anymore. I've got two people who do that for me. They edit and look at it and hopefully they're going to catch it if it seems self-absorbed or self-centered. Right. I think that's good advice. 
I don't trust the notoriety and the success to just to, to one person. I, I think there's too much visibility to trust me, myself, and I mm-hmm. on something like that. So I think having a team or some people say, you know, there's been a lot of, there's, on your feed, there's like 15 pictures of you. <laughs> when's the last time you showed what your church did through missions? Good. Or the last time you showed what you did through Thanksgiving when you fed the city? No one's seeing that because they're just seeing a picture of you preaching. So anyway, that's my fault. You know, I heard something actually from Pastor Jack Hayford. Some folks will recognize that name, others may not. But a tremendous general in the body of Christ, obviously. He made a statement that turned my world upside down. He says, there's a difference between prominence and significance. Not everybody's prominent. Wow. But everybody's significant. And God, I think just the, better way to say it. the difference between just realizing not everybody's going to be prominent. Not everyone's going to have, you know, 50 best-selling books and be recognized uh, all around the world as a massive Christian leader. But that doesn't matter. You've got to find your lane. I have a lane. You have a lane. We have, we have different personalities, and God uses us in different ways. And just find your lane and get in it. Don't worry about the prominence factor. I think we're too concerned about, am I prominent enough? And the real issue is, am I significant enough? Am I living a life that's really significant in the lane that God's called me to live in? That's so good, Pastor. Wow. Yeah. Well, Dino, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that uh, those of you who've been listening will take some of these nuggets with you and get a go back and listen to it again. Get a pad and a piece of paper and write some of these things down because Pastor Dino really downloaded some amazing things for us today. And Dino, thanks for being a part. It's a joy to have you with us and hope you'll be back again on another one of our editions. Thank you, Pastor Dale. Well, thanks for all who are listening to the Church Builder Podcast. We'll look forward to chatting with you again next time. Have a blessed week. <laughs>